For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am Richard the Razor Ewing. I'm with my host, Mike DeShue Schumann. This is Game Face, and we hope you got it on. Mike, you got yours on? I got it on, and of course, we like to take care of uh, Bay Area news, but we also go national, so um, why don't we start out maybe with the NFL, a lot of news there. Um, I'm going to run through some things, get your comment real quick. Brian Young got into the 49er Hall of Fame, about time, it's been like 20 years. Oh, happy day, he deserves it. He deserves no, he's just one of the greatest defensive line ever in the history of the team, and congratulations to B.Y. Right. Niners are going to fly their Black Lives Matter flag during games. Uh, I, I would imagine most NFL owners are going to do that, but I think the Niners might have been the first one to say they were going to do it. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, well, you know, this is the thing. You know, you have, you know, the situation that took place a few weeks ago concerning George Floyd, and, you know, the whole, you know, country has just been uh, really uh, overwhelmed would be the word I would use with what this has done. But even though they are overwhelmed, you know, they decided to take really, which, which I, you know, was very uh, surprised at, is taking a proactive approach and doing it immediately. Uh, you saw Kyle Shanahan come out, you know, with a video concerning this situation. Um, there's been several other 49ers who have come out and spoken uh, how, how their feelings are and how this is affecting them. So, to me, it's fitting. It really is. It's fitting for San Francisco that they step up first, that they be the first to – uh, announced something like this and really sent a message to the rest of the NFL. All right, Mike Person uh, started at guard for the 49ers during the Super Bowl and last season. Uh, he has decided to retire. Great player, solid guy, and after nine years, he just felt like he couldn't take the beating anymore, which at that position I understand. And probably smart to get out while he can still walk and talk. Well, not only that, we got to admit, there's been, you know, a lot of reasons to leave the game. You know, COVID-19 is the biggest. So in a situation like this, the fact that, you know, the season is up in there as far as, you know, how uh, their operations are going to be handled, uh, the interaction of players, uh, how they're going to, you know, uh, conduct themselves while they're playing on the field. You know, yeah, if I'm person, yeah, this is probably is the right time to go because there are just so many things that just aren't conclusive about this season. I agree with you 100%. All right, Raiders, Mark Davis, the only uh, owner that didn't vote for having the first eight rows of every stadium used for advertising. They don't want the fans to be that close to the players on the sideline with COVID-19. And Mark, you know, with the black hole, the new stadium in Las Vegas, of course he voted against it, and I don't think he's going to win that battle. It was 31-1. to but in a time when, you know, yeah, they're trying to uh, keep the fans away from the players, but at the same time, they're going to make some money 
with advertising like Mount Davis at the Oakland Coliseum. So it has a little bit of a feel of, okay, we're trying to protect the players, but while we're doing this, why don't we make some money? Well, you know, this is, this is the thing that, that kind of bothers me because a lot of this stuff is stuff that we don't really know about. Uh, you know, we, the, the, you know, the spectator, you know, we, you know, hear things, you know, we, we hear things through, uh, through other channels. Um, you know, it even got to a point, you even seen this in the NBA now, the NBA, and really, I guess you could say soccer is probably the first really to, to, to submit this idea of putting, you know, ads, you know, on jerseys and, you know, all these other things. And so, uh, when I see that, like what's that? Be like NASCAR. <laughs> right. So, I mean, I mean, we've seen this, it is in the NBA, the Warriors, they have Rakuten on theirs, on their jersey. Um, you know, I, I don't really know the ins and outs of, you know, what those ads would do for the Raiders. I mean, I don't know what revenue. Well, for is. every team, not just the Raiders. Every oh, team. it would be for every team. Okay. So, so every this, team, yeah. Yeah, so this is new for me. I don't know exactly how much revenue they would receive from this, but I mean, I guess it, it's kind of one of the things that the NFL sought and felt like very strongly about doing. And the fact that you have a 31 to 1 means anything that deals with money, NFL owners are going to be right on top of this. So I think that's the reason why you have the vote that you have. Um, well, I, yeah, I agree, but they're, they're going to try and get a full season in. So uh, it's not like baseball or basketball or hockey who. You know, so it's kind of interesting, but doesn't surprise me. Now, the big news in the NFL, Cam Newton finally found a team. And no surprise, the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick signed him to a one-year deal, $7.5 million. He was an MVP back in, I think, 2012 or 13 or five years ago, maybe 15. And, uh, you know, all the talk's been, oh, uh, he and Jameis Winston make less than Chase Daniels, a backup with the Kansas City Chiefs. But Cam's been injured uh, the last two years. He hasn't really had a solid year. So what do the Patriots have to lose? They really don't have a, a big-name quarterback there now since Brady left. My, my concerns are, can he stay healthy, number one? Number two, he's a down-the-field guy throwing the ball. They like to dink and dunk in New England, those little six, five, eight-yard patterns. I'm not sure he, his game is suited for that, you know, and – He's also, you know, Tom Brady never left the pocket. Cam Newton might be better off at this stage in his career to stay there, but his instincts are going to have him running around. So I think it's a good signing for the Patriots. What do they have to lose? Cam's back in the league. What's your thoughts? I, I think really it's kind of a situation where here's a guy who's done a lot for the NFL. Um, he's helped with the NFL's brand. Um I'm not so sure how that's going to work out for him in New England. Um, I think he would have been better student, better fit uh, in in playing for the L.A. Chargers. I really do. Just kind of based on what the Chargers need and the fact that I think they were probably in a better position to pay him more. Um, I mean, I, I think really when it comes down to it, he kind of – you know, the Patriots, they're the ones who, who are getting away with this because they got really, in my opinion uh, – you know, Cam Newton to me is a top 10 quarterback in the league. Yes, I'm sorry. I get the fact he has to play. I get that. But I still think when you look at his his numbers throughout his career, with the exception of the injuries, you know, he, he was putting up, you know, just amazing numbers. I just kind of feel like had he had gone to some place like L.A., he probably would have got a bigger contract. Now, mind you, 
you know, I can see people saying, well, you know what, you know, he hasn't played in five years, and he's had the injuries. But you know what? This is the problem I have. The problem I have is that every quarterback has done that. Every quarterback has gone through a situation where they got injured or something happened to them, and, and then they come back, and you don't see them being treated, you know, like, oh, you know, market garbage. You know, they get paid, you know, these contracts that actually are pretty lucrative for a person who's been out of, out of playing for a little while. Uh, actually, I disagree with you there. Most of those guys are within the same team. The Panthers cut him. So he was at the mercy of what the league had to offer. And his style of play, his running, the hits he's taken, he never would run out of bounds. That caught up with him. And thus, all the injuries he's had the past two or three years. So I think it's great he's back in the league. But, it's a, you know, you got to prove it. it's a meritocracy. you got to prove you can still play. And if he does, it's a one-year deal. Then maybe New England signs him to a big three-year contract or – Another team, because he'll become a free agent, will pick him up and sign him there. But I agree with you. I think the Chargers and Titans are the two teams that really need quarterbacks. And with Cam going to New England, maybe that opens the door for Colin Kaepernick to go maybe to the Chargers or to the Titans. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that because I I, I, I think one of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm watching here about the Cam signing is that because we know Richard Sherman came out this week and he was talking about how, you know, how many MVPs, you know, are going to, you know, receive, you know, contracts where you have individuals like who you said, you know, Chris, and I think of guys like, you know, Taysom Hill up in New Orleans, you know, they're making, you know, almost a little more than what, you know, Cam and Jameis Winston are getting paid. And so it just makes you wonder. It's like, okay. And, and, and I think it was, um, uh, Kurt Warner had came out and stated that this happened to him too. You know, he stated that when he basically had got injured and he was no longer, after he came out of Arizona, I think he had ended up with the Giants as a backup. And he said he just was not getting paid the money that he got when, you know, he was over at, you know, St. Louis and when he went over to Arizona. Now, I don't know how much of that is true or not, but I know. Kurt Warner to be pretty a pretty credible guy. I don't think he would he would come up and, and say something like that. And I think it's just an end result of him being in the wrong place at the wrong time right now. In other words, the market is not really paying, you know, uh, uh, players or particular in, in high high profile positions like the quarterback position. They're not paying well to individuals who haven't seen you know action in over three years. They're just not. Bye. It is a business, and uh, I think it's good for both the player and the team, Patriots and Cam, because otherwise he wasn't going to be in the league. So at least now he can come back and prove that you're, you know, hey, I can still play, you know. So uh, okay, but you know, here's here's the question I got to ask you. Okay, so Cam signs with the Patriots. Okay, so let's assume that he gets the job. Okay, and Stidham, who is the rookie. I guess he sits out. So now he's he's Cam's understudy. The question is, if I'm Cam Newton and say for instance I win ten games with the Patriots, okay, do I re-sign with the Patriots, you know, for a bigger contract, or do I look at the free agency market? Well, it's uh, that'll be his choice. He's made money. You know, he's made tons of money in his career. It, he doesn't need the money. He wants a ring, and guys like that who already got the dough, now they want a ring. He doesn't have a ring. He went to the Super Bowl 
and lost. But uh, so he'd like to get a ring, I'm sure. So if you're with the Patriots, a great organization, you have you play well, like you said, play ten games, then they'll re-sign him for a little more dough. But he's kind of a fix for Tom Brady leaving. You need to start building your future quarterback. And I don't. I think Belichick didn't think this Stidham kid was it. So he's going to do a Band-Aid with Cam Newton for this year, see if he can get somebody in the draft for next year, maybe the kid from uh, Clemson. So, uh, now it's total business. Cam knows it. The Patriots knew it. They got this guy for nothing. Let's see if he can do something for us. If not, we'll move on. So it's a win-win, I think, for both the player and the organization. You can say whatever you want, like Sherman. Oh, he's an MVP. They wouldn't have treated anybody else like that. Yeah, they would have because he's been injured for two years and hadn't played. So you don't know if this guy can last a season. I'm not giving him 20 to $30 million like the other quarterbacks in the league, you know, until he proves that he can stay healthy. So I don't, I don't, um, think, I don't think the $20 million or even or even the $15 million range is what I'm talking about. I'm just saying they could have at least gave him what, you know, Taysom Hill's getting paid. That's no, all. no. He's, I think he's so $9, million, $9 million to me is not a lot of money. And guess what? You know, the New England Patriots, they can afford it. And guess what? The thing is, you look at his track record throughout the season, and then you measure that, and you say, okay, you know what? And obviously, it's a, it's, we got to be honest. In this league, everything is, ba- is, is paid by performance. So they could have put stipulations in his contract and said, okay, look, you know, by, by week six, if you're not at this level, then we need to, we need to reconsider exactly what we're doing here. I mean, we no, they do have. have they do have that's, not, that's not new. They've done that with players before in the NFL. Well, from my understanding, he's only making the league minimum, $1.05 million. Right. And he's got an incentive-laced contract where he can make 7.5. So those incentives are in his contract. But once you sign it, no, you don't change it midseason. That's just the way business works. No business does that. So, uh, I, you know, I just think it's a win-win for both, and we'll just have to see. Let's move on. All right, baseball. Um they're going to camp, and uh, looks like they're going to start on the 29th. And we had uh, three, let's see, the Nats, Ryan Zimmerman, Joe Ross, right-handed pitcher, and the D-backs, right-handed pitcher, Mike Leak, all opted out of the pandemic short 60-game season. Many could follow. There's some nervousness and apprehension, and uh, I understand. I've been saying all along, I just don't think team sports is going to work. And baseball's going to spring training for like three weeks. They might not even make it to the season because they'll all get so infected being together early on. So, and the Giants center fielder, Hunter Bishop, he tested positive already. So he's got to sit wow. out four games. Wow. A's and Giants are talking about there's a 60-man pool, 40-man roster, and 25 on game day kind of thing. So, uh, A's Giants are talking about playing a couple of preseason games before we get started. But uh, Zimmerman said, hey, with my, all my kids, my wife, I just don't feel safe. And uh, we'll talk about it in the NBA. But they're, they're uh, giving them an, an insurance policy, increased insurance policy, in case they get a COVID-related season-ending injury or career-ending. <laughs> and that right there is saying, all right, this is basketball. We'll get that in a minute. But. I understand why these players are opting out. And the closer you get to it, uh, you know, then here's another story. The Cubs, Jarrell Cotton, used to be the A's. He got the $286,500 upfront pay, and he will will not receive any more pay in the 60-game shortened season because he's already maxed out. 
So if I'm uh, him, I'm not playing. Why should I risk getting COVID? Yeah, I don't think I want to play either if you do that. I mean, it's, it's kind of a situation where a person's life – well, first of all, we said that from the beginning. These are people's lives at risk here. So uh, if you're going to if you're going to do that and I'm not getting paid or I'm not receiving the money that, you know, the average player is, is actually getting for this season, then, yeah, you're right. Why play? Um, this is – this is – I don't – I don't really see how the MLB is going to be able to 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 recreate this season. It just looks like the more the closer they get into starting, it seems like more things just keep accumulating from them trying to make this happen. Well, I think it would be exciting just to have like a 60 game run in 66 days. <laughs> but for instance, the Giants open with the Dodgers. Right. Uh, the L.A. just shut down all their beaches, restaurants, bars, gyms for the uh, July 4th weekend because their numbers have spiked again with COVID. So this is the issue with baseball because they're going to play in their stadiums as our football. You know, if L.A.'s shut down uh, to crowds, where are they going to play? They can't yeah. you know. So I so, saw Gavin Newsom um, came out and, and went ahead and shut those down in, the, you know, the state – Stay shelter in place uh, initiative is still in effect. So to your point, you're absolutely correct. I mean, if they got no place to play, wh- where are they going to play? And if they are, now you're dealing with transportation issues and, and things like that. So well, they were talking about Arizona, but th- they have such a spike there that they closed all the uh, spring training facilities down there. So they were talking about maybe going there if they had to. Now they can't even do that. So. Yeah, I just, you know, they're going to play three weeks of preseason, and I think they're going to find out right away that this is not going to work. I mean, something as simple as a locker room with 25 guys in it, you're going to need two locker rooms to have each guy six feet apart. Right. But what do you do? You're going to take shifts, taking a shower after the game because you can't get close to other players. You know, uh, you're getting taped before the game, and you know, in the training room. you got to wait in line. you got to stay six feet apart like the grocery store <laughs> waiting in line. It's just – I just think they're all trying to rush this through to get it back on. And like you just said, now they're realizing of all the hurdles they're going to have to overcome. And they're, you know, to me, the owners need to be thinking twice, but I don't think they are because of the money. Well, I tell you something, we got a few minutes left. I just wanted to go ahead and, and, and say hats off to uh, Vince Carter, who did retire uh, a couple of days ago. Um, really just a, uh, phenomenal career uh, in the NBA, 22 years. Uh, Only player to play in four different decades. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, he had, he's had an amazing career. I mean, there's no question about it. And, you know, he's also played on two continents. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's amazing what he's done. Um, he's, I, you know, his, his shining moment, I would think, is when he won that, you know, spectacular, you know, dunk contest in the fashion that he did. Um some people were saying that that was probably the best uh, – that he was probably the best in-play dunker that the NBA had ever seen. Um, I don't personally agree with that because, you know, I've seen a lot of guys in the NBA throughout the years that have dunked on guys throughout – throughout you know, during in-play. Um, to mine, there's a couple of Sean Kemp, uh, you know, BD's dunk on Karolinko, you know, in the playoff. That was an amazing dunk. Um, there, there's, been some, there's been some pretty good in-play dunks. One thing about BC, I will say, his love for the game is unlike anything I've ever seen. Well, didn't the Warriors draft him and traded him they for? Did. They drafted and traded him. They did. They drafted and traded him. And, and right. there's a lot of us Warrior fans that thought, "What are you doing? 
right. I mean, you got Jamison, but and don't get me wrong, Jamison is not a bad player. But if you'd have had VC with some pieces, that could have been the beginning of something great. Okay? No question. And we never know. We'll never know because we never, we never, we never took him and we never played him. So, but uh, really, I don't think did he ever win a ring? I don't think he no, did. no, he never won a ring. Wow. And and that's sad because you look at this guy. He had talent, no question about it. You know, he had the skill set. You know, he was a likable guy. You know, great player. Um, you look at his numbers. This guy should have got a ring. Should have got two at least. Um, well, I, I would disagree. I think he was the best in-game dunker ever. I mean, yeah, there's been a couple individual great dunks, but he did it for 22 years. Yeah. So let's move on, though. Uh, NBA J.R. Smith is going to join the Lakers, replacing yeah, I don't know Bradley. about all that. I don't know about all that. Okay, J.R. Smith now, really? Okay. I'd take him in a, in this short season. I would take him in a second. The guy can shoot. Uh, he hadn't made the best decisions. He cost uh, maybe the Cavs another championship with, when he got that rebound and didn't throw it back up. <laughs> but, I uh, have, but I remember when they showed that, somebody had sent a, a tweet with emoji with with they showing him, and, and they had a picture of LeBron James pleading with him, what are you doing, what are you doing? And then he's, he's trying to respond back, and they showed him leave the stadium and then go down the street. And then he went to a liquor store and picked up some Hennessy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, I think that's a great ad for them. Now, they're uh, start, restarting the 29th or 30th. They're going to play six games a day, three different courts. They're going to have Black Lives Matter at center court and up and down the sidelines. 16 players have already tested positive out of 302, so that's over 5% already, and they haven't even started. And as I mentioned earlier, the owners are giving them an enhanced insurance policy in case they get a career-ending injury related to COVID-19 or a regular injury because they are taking a break here. But for the owners to offer players that, you offer me that, I automatically say I'm out. Yeah. If you're offering me a career-ending COVID-19, because yeah. we've talked about it, it could damage your lungs, it could shorten your career. Right. I just think, uh, I, like I said, an over 5% have already tested positive. And uh, they're going to have a couple weeks, and then they're, bam, they're hitting it. Uh, so there's another one that could be in the next three weeks of practice and scrimmaging. They could get so many COVID cases, they might not make it to the season. Yeah. It's true. So it's uh, it's getting closer now. All the the, the pro franchises are going to start, and uh, I just think you are asking for big trouble with a lot of huge, huge named athletes. Yeah. All right, real quick, a hundredth anniversary of the Negro Leagues. There you and go. The Oakland Larks. Did you know? Wow. That they the Oakland Larks. No, I did not. I did not. Oakland Larks. And uh, we've talked about it before. My great-grandfather was an Iroquois Indian, and he had to play in the Negro Leagues because he was a man of color. Wow. Okay. I, always, I always get a great response when I tell people, oh, my great-grandfather played in the Negro Leagues. And they look at me like, what? <laughs> you know, so, and he was a man of color as an Iroquois okay. Indian. And NHL, Evander Kane, uh, one of the few African-Americans in the league, said that he thinks they're the best athletes of all sports and should be paid that way, but they're not because there's a lack of diversity. So they only appeal to a certain crowd, i.e. white people, and he feels like that uh, that needs to be rectified. So he's been a, quite a spokesperson during all this. 
Doug Wilson, their general manager, inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame. 24th, 24th year of eligibility, 14 years with the Blackhawks, two years with the Sharks. And he's been the Sharks GM for, God, I think 17 years. One of the best defensemen ever to play, won the Norris Trophy in 1982. And uh, that makes six former Sharks now in the Hockey Hall of Fame. So and I'm congratulations gonna, to Doug. I'm going to leave this tidbit, but we can bring it up next week. Uh, I want you to do some research on uh, the Black 14 out of Wyoming. Black 14, I, I, it, it rings a bell. Yeah. Was that the first black players in college football? Well, no. Actually, they were a team playing for the Wyoming Cowboys, and they were kicked off the team. That's right. That's right. Because they because they wanted they wanted to 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 basically, I believe. It was either the Catholic Church or it was the Mormons that told them that they could not, they could not actually be in the church, because right. black. And then and then the and then the coach came up and told them they had they had they were kicked off the team. Anyway, we're gonna pick that up next week. Um, this is Game Face. I am Richard the Razor Ewing. I'm with my good friend and host Mike Dishew Schumann. We do this every week. Come back. We're on the Bleed Talent Network. Make sure when you come back to listen to us. Have your game face on. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.